0: Friday evening to watch some preseason hockey and folks I'm gonna be honest with you guys this one might be a bit of a shorter episode because a I'm sick my son brought something home from school and uh, gave it to me so I'm feeling a little bit under the weather and b that game sucked um, I, w- I won't give you the score. We're going to stick with the same format that I had in the last episode. I'm going to go through the recap. I'll tell you what the final score was at the end. But I will tell you, it was a snooze fest. This one looked like preseason. The last two preseason games were pretty exciting. They were kind of uh, hectic. Like There was a lot of players really trying to uh, show off, show out. There was a l- none of that in this game. And there was a lot of players who were fighting for uh, potentially <clears throat> getting into the lineup of their respective teams. So, a little bit weird. But anyways... Let's talk about that game a little bit. Let's go through the recap. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in the first period. It seemed very tentative. Uh, We had a lot of the veterans kind of just going through the motions out there, Uh, the the veterans that were playing anyways. Habs got a power play, right? And that's where the problems really started for the Montreal Canadiens. It's going to be a theme of this recap is really horrible power plays for the Habs. Uh, They almost got scored on, and that set the tone. From there, they just could not do anything right. Any time that they got uh, a power play, it went kind of like that. The better scoring chances were going to the Leafs, not to them. There was some physicality in the first period. We had Arbor Jackeye actually landed a pretty nice hit on Ryan Reeves, and it was starting to look like maybe that fight that the media has been hyping up ever since this game was put on the schedule and we knew who was on the lineups um, was going to materialize, but it never did. Um, sorry to give that away a little bit early in the recap, but no, they, uh, they're both just playing a little bit physical out there doing their jobs, right? No scoring though. Shots were eight to seven in favor of the Montreal Canadiens at the end of 20 minutes. And we go into the second period with the score still at zero, zero Habs start the second period with about a minute of a power play that they had got at the beginning of the, um, Or sorry, at the end of the first period. And it was just brutal. The Leafs killed it off easily. The Leafs got their first try on the power play. The Habs managed to kill that off. But the Leafs kind of shown them how it's done. They were actually getting zone time. They were moving the puck around. Caden uh, Caden Primo had to make some saves. Uh, It it wasn't a walkthrough like it was when the Habs got their power plays. And then, of course, it it was bound to happen. Habs are on a power play. Justin Barron, he's going around behind his own net. He gets pickpocketed coming around. And puck goes out to Matthew Nyes in the high slot. He snipes one past Primo. A lot of people felt like maybe Primo should have had that one. Um, you know, I'm I'm laying that one at the feet of Justin Barron though for getting picked off coming around his net like that. And it's one nothing for the Leafs. Uh, five on five, not looking a whole lot better. A little bit later in the period, Miko Um Leafs draft pick I think I can't remember what year. He gets a point shot through a lot of traffic. I think it actually bounced off of Owen Beck's leg on the way through. And doesn't matter. I mean, it gets through, and it's two to nothing for the Leafs. That's your score at the end of two. Havs had another power play late in that uh, period as well, where they almost got scored on. So it could have been three nothing with two shorthanded goals. They're lucky they didn't give up three or four shorthanded goals in this game. But I digress. We go into the third period. It's only two nothing, and the power play keeps getting opportunities for the Habs, and it keeps not being able to deliver. Um, if they were, if they cashed in, you know, just once or twice, they. Would have been in a much better position in this game. Uh, certainly, probably could have had the lead going into the third period at the very least. But, just over five minutes to play in the third period. They get it done at five on five. Sean Monahan behind the net, has the puck. Perfect pass out to Josh Anderson on the right side of the slot. He hammers one. Puts it through. And it's two to one. Nothing Ilya Samsonov can do on that one. And the Habs would pull Caden Primo late in the game for the extra skater. Leafs would even put one over the glass puck over the glass penalty on Timothy Lilligren, and the the Habs get a 6-on-4 power play with their net empty, and they still can't do anything. Why they had Yoel Armia out there, of all guys, I don't know. Yoel Armia had the best chance, and uh, he shot it directly into the shin pads of a defender standing in front of him. He had no lane, and he tried to shoot it anyways. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, And that was your final score, 2-1 to for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There you have it. Um, Habs are now One and two in the preseason, if you care about preseason records, which you really shouldn't. It doesn't matter. We're we're not worried about wins and losses at this point. As I've said many times, we're talking about practice, and we need to look at that and figure out, you know, what can we have learned from a game like that. Now, before I get to my silver linings of the night, I do have to give my gripe about that power play, all right? I'm not going to sit here and rant about it. Uh, most of the guys they had out there on those power plays aren't going to be on the Montreal Canadiens power play anyways. They did have some guys who were probably going to be on Laval's power play, however. The second wave had Joshua Roy, it had uh, Logan Mayu on it, um, and I don't understand why at the end of the game they didn't try those guys out there. Why the fuck is Joel Armia out on the ice in the dying seconds of the game with Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher up front? Why are those guys out there? Those guys, at best, a few of those guys, maybe Gallagher, maybe Anderson, definitely not Armia, could be on the second wave in Montreal, right? At best. Let's, let's be honest. None of those guys are making the first wave power play for the Habs. We know who's going to be on the first wave power play for the Habs, and it's none of those guys. Why are they out there? Why are they out there? Why don't we put out the guys who you know, stand a legitimate chance of at least being on Laval's power play, put out the young players, give them a shot here. The veterans in this game were going through the motions. They were going through the motions, man. And I, I'd say the same thing for the Leafs. Like, Mark Giardano was out there for the Leafs. He was going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Ryan Reeves, going through the motions. I mean, I, I don't understand why they they felt the need to stick the veterans out there. The game doesn't matter. The result, rather, doesn't matter. It's not that the game doesn't matter. The result of the game does not fucking matter. So, Give the younger players, you know, while they're there, give them that shot, right? I would have way rather seen them try and fail with Owen Beck and Joshua Roy and uh, Jesse Elinen out there. Jesse Elinen actually has a pretty good shot of not only being on the Habs power play, but if he's not being number one and the guy on the Laval power play, why is he not out there? Why isn't he out there? I don't know. I don't get it. That was a puzzling decision to me. And we just got to see some veterans kind of go through the motions a little bit more in that game, and I didn't like it. I think that they need to rethink what they're doing out there. Um, And they clearly need a little bit of work on their strategy, because I know most of these guys are not going to be on the first wave power play for the Montreal Canadiens. They're not going to be getting a ton of power play minutes for the Montreal Canadiens, but I do not want to absolve coaching from why it was so shit. I don't think... Alex Burrows quite knows how to run a power play. They don't seem to have a scheme that works. It was a theme last year for them. There's no scheme that works. If if it's not Cole Caulfield getting a good pass from Nick Suzuki, they can't do shit. They got to figure that out. They got to figure that out. And I would have thought you know, testing out some younger players would have been the smart thing to do towards the end of the game. But... Who am I but an armchair GM at this point just talking out of my ass, I guess, because they don't seem to want to try the young players in these situations. But anyways, uh, man, let's get to the silver linings. All right, I'm going to give you a few silver linings. Um, And I got to start with who I felt like was one of the more impressive players in that game. Um, One of the guys who was not going through the motions, who was really putting in a lot of effort. Uh, It was John Parker Jones. Uh, John Parker Jones, the guy that is probably going to be oscillating between the ECHL and the AHL this season. He's definitely not a candidate to play NHL minutes, uh, but he was surprisingly good in that game. I remember when I was watching the rookie tournament, uh, every time he was out there, I was cringing a little bit at some of the things he was doing. But in this game against the Leafs, man, uh, he was a battering ram. He was forechecking really well. He got a couple of good opportunities on net at five on five. Uh, couldn't help them with the power play, of course, because he wasn't on it. Um I don't know, maybe they should have given him a shot at the end of the game with the power play uh, because he was honestly one of the better uh, high-motor, high-effort guys in that game. I don't think that game really does anything to put him further on the map. If anything, it maybe puts him further on the map specifically for Laval uh, because, like I said, he's probably a guy heading into the year you expect to oscillate between uh, ECHL and AHL. So, good game from him. Uh, I think uh, uh, Jean-Francois Houle... Should have been definitely taking note of, of what he saw from him in that game. Uh, I was impressed. I also got to throw flowers to Joshua Hawaii one more time. Um, for my money, he was the best forward on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in terms of sheer talent, in terms of what he was doing out there. At one point, he uh, actually drew a penalty. Goes uh, pickpocket Sam Lafferty in behind his own net. So he's on defense here in his d- defensive zone play. Has gotten so much better over the course of the last few years. Um, so he picks off the, or pickpockets him, takes the puck away from Lafferty. Lafferty gets pissed off, spins around, tries to take it back, and trips him. And he draws a call from it. Uh, and he was doing shit like that all game long, man. He was jumping passes, he was doing all the same things that I talked about in the last episode that he does really well, where he's able to kind of just lurk and then take pucks, turn them, get them going the other way, and uh, start creating some offensive opportunities for his uh, for his teammates out of it. So. Uh, really, really liked his game in that one, and um, it, it's it's yet another good entry uh, in his preseason so far, so uh, I, I don't know yet. I don't really quite have a read on whether or not he's going to make the Habs. Uh, I still think it's an uphill battle for him, like I said last time, but I think he could do it. Um, I, I really liked that line that he was on as well. So that brings me to another silver lining, which was uh, Owen Beck's play. I thought Owen Beck as well uh, was very good, very engaged defensively. Uh, he had a couple of opportunities that he created for himself uh, with nothing but just hard work. Um, he had a dangle at one point where he was coming into the offensive zone, uh, cuts over the line, gets a little dangle, gets himself into the middle, and he ends up drawing a penalty. So much like Joshua, those little details in your game, if only the team was able to capitalize on some of the power play opportunities that they were creating by being frustrating, by being good forecheckers, by playing well defensively, um, then the Habs would have won that game. So you know, these are all things that professional players do. Uh, They're both doing things that professional players do. Beck unfortunately for him you know because of his age he's got to go back to the CHL they're not going to be able to let him play in Laval and uh, I'm not quite sure that they've got enough space for Owen Beck to play center at the NHL right now uh, even if they wanted to so he's probably headed back but look th- those two have got some chemistry together as well so it, it could be a, uh, it could be a very frustrating duo to have to play against at one point when they're both 100% ready for the NHL. Absolutely. Uh Logan Mayu, was, he was pretty decent in that game. Um, I, I like that he's playing a lot more reserved. I'm not seeing him take any uh, really big risks. Um, he definitely seems a little bit more comfortable handling the puck, a little bit more comfortable making short outlet passes. And he seems to be making smarter passes uh, than, than we saw him making you know, at the beginning of camp. So it, it's coming along with him, which is, is good news. Uh, I would say for sure Laval. Um, I, I don't see him stepping right into a Habs role. I think that would be a lot to ask of him. Um, but I'm, I, I grow more encouraged um, every time that I see him carry the puck up ice and, and you know make an outlet pass instead of skating into a defender. Or at one point he actually uh, he gained the offensive zone, and then he dumped it in. Um, and you know in junior he would almost never do that, right? He would just try to beat the defenseman. And it seems like it's clicked for him at least to understand that I can't try to play hero puck all the time. Um, but you know it's it's coming. At some point he's going to pick a spot and he's going to go for a skate. And, uh, and that's where we're going to see it, That right? We're going to see whether or not he can pick the right spot uh, because I think eventually we might see him you know, run straight into a defenseman or something like that. But at the same time, if he's picking the right spots, you never know. You might see something amazing out of him. So uh, I think I thought it was a good game, not spectacular, but you know, g- good enough that I think they, they need to give him at least one more before uh, they, they cut him and put him in Laval. Uh, I did like... Arber Jacik in that game. I thought he was very physical. Um, he had a couple of really good shots on net um, throughout the course of the game. I, I liked him. Uh, I liked that he was willing to mix it up with uh, Ryan Reeves and said as much ahead of the game. Uh, but I really didn't, did not want to see him fight Ryan Reeves in a preseason game. I think if you are gonna if you are gonna do that fight against one of the absolute best fighters in the NHL, let's make sure it's in a game that actually counts. Let's not do it in a meaningless preseason game. Let's just focus on on getting ready and get getting better and getting ready for the season. Right. And uh, and he did that and he looked good in the game. So uh, I I enjoyed his performance overall. Uh, I guess I got to talk about the performances I didn't enjoy. And we're going to start once again with Yoel Armia. Didn't like it at all. Uh, Looked like he was going through the motions. I'd say the same for Brennan Gallagher. I'd say the same for Tanner Pearson. I didn't like any of their performances. I did not want to see them on the ice. Um, If you're going to go out and you're going to just have a leisurely Sunday skate like that. Uh, what's the fucking point? Like let's let's put some younger players in there, right? You look at the two lineups out there. I think the Habs had more NHLers than the Leafs. Not by a sight or anything. Like the Leafs had their the Leafs had some NHLs out there. They had David Kampf, they had Ryan Reeves, they had Mark Giordano, they had Lilligren. Grin, they had Matthew Nyes. Math it would shock me if Matthew Nyes doesn't make the Leafs this season. That would be ridiculous. Um, but the Habs NHLers again going through the motions. That, that was like a practice. And I know the game is technically practice, but, you know, you could show some effort. You, you don't need to drag your feet out there. Josh Anderson obviously got a goal, but there was also at one point Yoel Armia threw a long pass for him, a long bank pass off the boards, and I could tell he wasn't really putting in the effort. And I don't want to shit on Josh Anderson. He scored, so obviously you could say his effort was better than most. He was the only one that scored for the Habs. But... I, just did, I didn't like seeing them go through the motions like that. So My, my bottom three performances, personally, are Mia, Gallagher, Pearson. Uh, did not enjoy their games whatsoever. And then I got to mention Justin Barron. Um, man, he handles the puck like it's a fucking grenade at times. Uh, th- there's other times where he can take the puck up ice and he can do a lot of really interesting things with it. But he handles the puck like a fucking grenade. And that... That power play goal against, so the shorthanded goal that the Leafs got, like, dude, when you when you're coming around the net like that, you got to be aware of your surroundings. He didn't even seem like he knew that there was a guy bearing down on him. You know, your goalie's probably letting you know. It's like, are, are you listening to your teammates? Are, are you know, are you keeping your head on a swivel? Do you even know where to go with that puck when somebody is bearing down on you? It didn't look to me like he had an earthly idea of where he was going to put that puck, and that's a problem. And, you know, he had to start last year in Laval and then, uh, you know, slowly worked his way up, gets into the lineup for the Habs and looked pretty good for the remainder of the year. I still, to this day, do not like that trade for Arturi Lekinen. Flat out, do not like it. I would rather have Arturi Lekinen back on the Montreal Canadiens and, uh, and not have the what? What was a, a second rounder that they gave us in addition to him, I think? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I don't like that trade, but uh, he still got... Plenty of runway uh, to get better. He just needs to start handling that puck a little bit more confidently. Um, Man, that was a disappointing game from those guys. But, look, it's preseason, so who gives a shit, right? They can lose every single preseason game. They lost every single preseason game last year, and none of us really cared. But last year, you know, this team was definitely um, worse than the one that they're going to be icing this year. I think this year, you know, the fans are expecting them to take a little bit of a step forward, not necessarily make the playoffs. I think the playoffs is going to be a tough sell. For this team. But take a step forward. Look better. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to cut it off there. What are we running? Uh, a little over 17 minutes. So, even though I tried to do a short one. C'est une grosse soirée pour de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. At DrakeMT. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.